Hello, friends. This is Rich Andre of the Rich Thoughts Podcast, coming to you this week from the St. Thomas More Newman Center in Columbus, Ohio. I gave this homily um, this past weekend, December 15th, 2013, there, but... Um, the beginning of the homily, or at the beginning of Mass, when I give what's been called the teaser, or the preview, that was not recorded. So let me give you an approximation of that before we go to the live recording from uh, the 10 a.m. Mass. So I said something like this to the people. Today is Gaudete Sunday. Gaudete is the ancient Latin word for the day they light the pink candle. No, seriously. Gaudete is a command for all of us to rejoice. In other words, after two weeks of the church advising us all to wait in joyful hope, it's time to get excited about the coming of Christmas. Our first reading and our gospel passage talk about excitement and exciting things. However, our second reading talks about something else. Patience. Patience. Is it even possible to be patient while we're excited? will reflect on the complexities of the concept of patience in our homily today. O house of Jacob, come, let us walk in the light of the Lord. When people come to me for confession, a lot of them confess that their primary sin is not having patience. As I talk with these people, however, it seems that about 70% of the time, what people describe as a lack of patience turns out to be a euphemism for a different phenomenon. They have a problem controlling their anger. Well, perhaps anger is too strong a word for it, as they would say. Maybe it's annoyance or frustration. Those sound better than anger, don't they? My advice to those people is that anger or annoyance or frustration is not a sin. Anger is a God-given gift. God has created us so that we can feel angry. The task of growing in Christian maturity is to recognize all of our emotions as soon as we start to feel them, especially the emotions that scare us. Anger, sadness, anxiety, jealousy, arousal, and loneliness, to name a few. Then, once we recognize those feelings, we can ask the Holy Spirit to help us figure out what to do with them. For example, when I start to notice that I'm angry about something, I need to pray about it. What's causing my anger? Often, if I take the time to pray with the situation, I discover that my anger is self-induced. If there's a phenomenon beyond my control, such, say, having to drive in a dangerous snowstorm because I agreed to preside at a wedding in western Ohio in December, (laughs) I can find myself getting angry. But then I realized that I still would have agreed to come to the wedding, even if I knew in advance about the storm. I realized that I'm actually using my anger to mask my underlying fear. I stop feeling angry, I pray to God to keep me safe, and I probably start driving a bit more cautiously than when I was being held captive by my anger. Other times I recognize that my anger is about a situation that I can remedy, if I have the guts to talk calmly with the other people who have contributed to creating the situation. Of course, I need to pray to the Holy Spirit in these cases too, so I don't say something stupid and make things worse. 
There are other times when I realize that the effort and risks necessary to remedy the situation are not worth it. In that case, I ask the Holy Spirit to help me let go of my anger. Now, there's a catch here. Maybe some of you have experienced this too. Lots of us say that we're going to let go of our anger, but then we subconsciously decide to hold on to it anyway. That's called resentment, swallowing poison and waiting for someone else to die. (laughs) It doesn't work. I love this mass because most places nobody would laugh at these lines, but you're, you're so forgiving. I have to admit that I don't have a perfect track record, but I discover that the more I pray about my emotions, the more I understand them to be God-given gifts, not burdens to weigh me down. And the more easily I can get excited and stay excited about all that God has promised us. As a priest and a hospital chaplain, I have had countless opportunities to see God deliver on those promises. I have seen the eyes of the blind be opened the ears of the deaf be cleared, the lame leap like a stag, and the tongue of the mute sing. I started by talking about 70% of people talking about a lack of patience, that maybe it's about anger. But in the other 30% or so of cases of people confessing a lack of patience, I think they're talking about something much more difficult. They're in a truly trying situation that never seems to relent. Perhaps they're caring for a parent with dementia, working in a truly terrible environment that they can't escape, or caring for a child who's going through an extended period of fussiness. These people may be able to exhibit patience 23 hours of the day, but there's always another straw ready to break the camel's back in that 24th hour. I think that these are the people to whom James writes when he says, See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, being patient with it until it receives the early and the late rains. It's hard to have patience unless you hope that something better is coming to you eventually. The farmer knows that the fruit will eventually grow. When we find ourselves in seemingly hopeless situations, I think the thing to pray for is trust. Trust in God's plans for the future. The people who heard John the Baptist preach didn't necessarily know why they were drawn to him. It wasn't to see the reeds in the desert, and it certainly wasn't because of the way he dressed. But there was something compelling in what he said. Our God is a God of the future, calling us forward to new, exciting, unpredictable things. So no matter whether our lack of patience is temporary or ongoing, the solution is to pray. Not to pray for patience, necessarily. We pray to the Holy Spirit to understand our anger, our anxiety, our envy, or our loneliness. We pray to the Holy Spirit for a renewal of our trust in God, for a renewal of our hope in God's promises. The farmer waits for the precious fruit until it receives the rains. If we can remember back to our confirmation classes, 
patience isn't technically a virtue. It's a fruit, a fruit of the Holy Spirit. The more we fill our hearts with the gentle rain of the Holy Spirit, the more the fruit of patience will grow within us. For about 70% of us, our struggle with patience is temporary. What can we do as we wait for the Lord with excitement and joyful hope? Perhaps we can try to ease the anxieties of the other 30% of people who are truly struggling to find patience, hope, and trust. We can't necessarily lift the burdens from their shoulders, but perhaps we can give them a helping hand. As Isaiah has commanded us, strengthen the hands that are feeble. Make firm the knees that are weak. Say to those whose hearts are frightened, be strong, fear not. Here is your God. He comes to save you.